0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 5th, 2019. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd on today's episode of Locked On Magic, we will talk about the Orlando Magics game coming up against the Philadelphia 76ers, touch briefly on that and what to expect from there. And then we'll do our third quarter recap of the season, talk about uh, my third quarter MVP, uh, where the Magic stand now. Obviously, I think we, we kind of know that. And then talk a little bit about what to look forward to here in the fourth quarter of the season. The five big questions, the big questions that I have for the Orlando Magic as they wrap up their 2019 NBA season. We are in the sprint to the finish, folks, as we are down to the final 17 games now. So we're past the three-quarter mark of the season. Uh, obviously, a lot to get to and a lot to, uh, going on with this group. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On podcast. Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Look to get the latest on the Philadelphia 76ers, check out Locked On Sixers. Looking to race ahead to the Mavericks? Check out Locked On Mavericks. You got Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball too for your national basketball interest. There's a Locked On podcast for everyone, whether it's NBA, MLB, NFL, or college teams too. I believe the MLB network is relaunching shortly, so there may not be MLB quite yet. The Locked On podcast network is your team every day, a daily podcast covering every team in the NBA, plus those other leagues from local experts like myself with the same level of excruciating detail that you come to expect from Locked On Magic. You can find them all again on iTunes by searching for Locked and the team you are looking for. The Orlando Magic will be back in action Tuesday following their loss to Cleveland Cavaliers on Sunday as they take on the Philadelphia 76ers. And this is a team that is a very good team, an extremely tough team, a team that's been good all year, plus 3.1 net rating, uh, but really, has been a different team since the All-Star break. Now, since the, uh, or really since the trade deadline. Since February 7th, the Philadelphia 76ers are the 10th best team in the league, a plus 3.8 net rating, or 10, sorry, not 10, 10th best team, the 8th best team in the NBA with a plus 3.8 net rating, I will note the magic, are the best team in the league since the All-Star break, plus 11.1 1 net rating. The Pistons are the second best team. A uh, 112.5 offensive rating, a 108.8 defensive rating. This is a team that has a lot of weapons, obviously. Joel Embiid, who's currently out. We'll talk about him in a moment. Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Tobias Harris. They are a tough, tough team uh, to stop. And and the Magic, obviously, relying so much on their defense, are going to need to have their defense ramped up to 11 to to really control and take care of this team. Uh, They're going to have to score, too, because it doesn't matter how good your defense is, this team's going to find ways to score and, and, and score enough, so... Um, the Magic are going to have to really be dialed in defensively, make it hard for Philadelphia as hard as they can, and then they're going to have to find ways to score too. Philadelphia's defense is good. A 108.8 defensive rating is a solid mark. It's still in the top 10. They're certainly not as good as it has been in the past. I think Philadelphia has kind of slipped a little bit on the defensive end, but it's still a very good team. They're still a very well-rounded team. And in fact, really, what's what's been a struggle for Philadelphia since the trade deadline, since they made the big move to acquire Tobias Harris, has been their depth, their bench. Um, they 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 do have a little bit of a depth issue, and, and that's kind of where teams are taking advantage of them. But when you just sit down and think about what you have to defend in this lineup, J.J. Redick, just running around screens all day. Ben Simmons, playing point guard at 6'9". Jimmy Butler, a professional scorer. Joel Embiid, perhaps the best center in the league. And then Tobias Harris, who Magic fans know very well, can create and score plenty on his own and has only gotten better since he left Orlando. This is a a really challenging team, and and you begin even sorting out the matchups. Vucevic on on Embiid uh, is, you know, feels like a fair fight, but Embiid has had his number in the the past as well. You got to end up probably putting Aaron Gordon on Ben Simmons, that's what the Magic did in the first matchup when Simmons left the game with an injury. Um... You gotta and you gotta think about putting. You're probably putting Evan Fournier and Jimmy Butler. You're probably putting jo- Jonathan Isaac on Tobias Harris to put some size on, uh, and then D.J. Augustin's gonna be spending the night chasing J.J. Redick around screens. Um, it is you know the Magic seem like they match up okay with with them because they have some versatility and and again they're a solid defensive team, but this is a tough team to get. Gut. You could play good defense and they will score on you. They will find ways and so um, really what this game I think is gonna come down to is whether. Terrence Ross is on, whether Terrence Ross is on that night, on Tuesday night, uh, and is making shots and, and the Magic are able to get some points off their bench. Um, it's going to come down to whether uh, someone outside of Nikola Vucevic has a strong, efficient game offensively and the Magic keep the ball moving. Um, it's going to come down to whether DJ Augustin can get free from whoever who's gu- whoever's guarding him uh, and, and get into the lane and, and cause the defense to collapse a little bit. And, and that's really what this game is going to come down to. The Magic will get some good news though, at least some 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 friendly news. Joel Embiid is expected to miss his sixth straight game. He's he's got a tendinitis in his knees. He's been out since the All-Star break. So, it looks like the Magic so that Vucevic will avoid having to face Embiid. On top of that, Boban Marjanovic is also out for the game. He's been dealing with an injury, and it looks like Amir Johnson and Jonah Bolden, the two other centers on the team, are also questionable for the game. I suspect that one of them will play. Jonah Bolden's had some minutes lately. He's played played pretty well. But in any case, Nikola Vucevic is going to have an advantage on the inside in this one. And, and if the Magic can get him the ball in the post, um, they should be able to find some success. And, and really, when this happens, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see Brett Brown go to some funky lineups uh, and play Ben Simmons at center a little bit. And, and that's going to, of course affect the magic on the other end and so it becomes a game of chicken which which coach blinks first and obviously the magic need Nikola Vucevic on the floor but Vucevic isn't going to be able to guard Simmons and who are you going to hide Vucevic on with the offensive firepower the Sixers can put out on the floor so it's going to be a very interesting matchup in that sense to see who the Sixers turn to, whether the Sixers try something new, whether the Magic can break them and force them to go big if they can with with Vucevic or whether Vucevic could just have a big game. I mean, I would would definitely, if I'm playing daily fantasy, I look long and hard at at investing in Nikola Vucevic in this game. He's coming off two uh, very good games over the weekend, 27 points against the Pacers, 28 against the Cavs. Could be another big one here. On top of all those injuries, Jimmy Butler is still listed as day-to-day. He did not practice Monday. It does appear that he's going to play, but that could be a game-time decision as well, whether Butler plays or not for the 76ers. So, Philadelphia, you know, the Magic have taken advantage of shorthanded teams before. No apologies for that. They all count the same. But Philadelphia could very well be shorthanded once again as the Magic take on the Sixers. Orlando seems to be fully healthy. DJ Augustin played Sunday after spraining his ankle on Saturday. No no sense that he won't play. The team had the day off Monday in Philadelphia. A couple of them went to go see Captain Marvel. Um, it it, it looks like that the Magic will be at full force and and ready to go for this one. A big game as always, um, Miami defeating Atlanta on Monday night. Ties them with Charlotte and Orlando for the 8th seed. Orlando just percentage points ahead of the Heat and Hornets. Both the Heat and Hornets have two games in hand on Orlando as well. So Magic, again, not in the driver's seat. They need to pick up as many wins as they can. Hope that that when that cycle comes around, that those teams drop drop a couple of those games and, and give them a little bit of cushion, but you can't count on that either. So so Orlando definitely has to try and get as many wins as they can. Schedule lightens up a little bit after this game. So uh, this road trip was a difficult road trip. I think you know if you objectively said Orlando went one and two on this road trip, you'd be like, not ideal. Would have been nice to get two, but you can live with it. Magic probably should have two wins. I think most Magic fans would say they should have two wins um, and I think most Magic fans would be happy with a two-win road trip on this three-game, three-game jaunt. But Orlando has to find a way to get this one. All that matters, of course, is the game in front of you, not the games ahead. Uh, but Orlando certainly wants to play well and get themselves back on the right foot. Uh, Orlando taking on Philadelphia tip-off is at 7 o'clock at the Wells Fargo Center games on Fox Sports Florida. Of course, we'll have complete coverage on Locked On Magic as well as Orlando Magic Daily tomorrow. The third quarter of the season ended last week with the Magic's game against the New York Knicks. Um, it was a very exciting third quarter of the season, actually. Uh, uh, surprisingly exciting, as, as Orlando in the twenty-one games went eleven and ten. That's not a great record by any means. It's it's not something that you should stop and celebrate or stop and uh, and think as like, oh, this is amazing. You know, it isn't any of that. But in this Eastern Conference, it was enough to take the Magic from seemingly fading from the playoff race to in the pole position. And Orlando did a lot of things in that third quarter of the season that, that really changed the game, that completely changed the outlook of the season and, and began you know a, a long-term formation of the team's identity. The Magic became a much stronger defensive team, um, and it really became something they could hang their hat on. They just simply found what works for them and started to get on a roll, started to do it consistently every single night. And that's the one thing that's been eluding this team for so long. You just didn't know what was going to happen every night. And, and yeah, right now the Magic are kind of struggling with that again, but for the most part, Orlando is playing well. Orlando has put themselves in a position to make the playoffs. And you know the reality is, and I think this is true in either conference, one really solid run and then just consistently okay play is enough to get you in the playoffs. As long as you're not going through like major losing streaks, if you're good and you have one good run, that could be enough. And, and again, what defines as good, I think, differs depending on the year. Because the playoffs, like I've told a lot of people who are like, why are you celebrating? you know They're still under 500. I was like, the playoffs are a relative goal. You don't control where that red line is. But when you're in reach of that red line, you go for it. And of course, the Magic are right in the thick of things. There were a lot of options and a lot of players who deserve plenty of mention and kudos during the third quarter of the season. There's a lot of reasons why the Magic turned things around. Number one is Jonathan Isaac, of course. He really came into his own as a player. He really matured as a player and and you could see the comfort growing within him uh, as his rookie season essentially ended and, and, and really his second run through the NBA began as he, as he hit the 82 game mark for his career. He became much more assertive defensively, much more confident offensively, and that really changed the magic. There's Terrence Ross, who continued his career year, putting in some of the biggest games of his career and best performances of his season in this third quarter, turning games around with his jump shooting and, and, and really changing the game with that spark that he provides off the bench. There was Isaiah Briscoe and Ken Birch, guys who struggled to crack the rotation earlier in the year, who were pressed into duty uh, Briscoe earning it, Birch getting it through injury, and just played admirably, who played with a lot of energy and gave the bench, again, another spark that had been missing before, where, where they were reliable players who, did, who played their roles, stayed within those roles, and did them just so effectively. There's Evan Fournier, who started to come back to his mean a little bit as a shooter and, and and had some big games and displayed that passing ability. And and then, of course, Aaron Gordon, who continues to hit a consistent level where he's not necessarily the guy scoring 40 points like he was last year. And and certainly, I think even he said the next step for him and is to become a go-to player. I think that's what Clifford wants him to do and work on this summer. But this year, he has found a comfort zone and found a a baseline that he can build off of. Um, that's that's very different than, what, than how he played last year. But all those guys deserve some mention when we talk about the third quarter MVP because really, it's a team goal. It's a team thing. And Steve Clifford did a masterful job coaching over the last few weeks. But the answer to every question for the Orlando Magic still goes back to one person. It doesn't matter... What the question is, the answer always seems to be Nikola Vucevic. Nikola Vucevic was the MVP for the first quarter of the season and the second quarter of the season. And once again, he is the MVP for the third quarter of the season and very clearly the team's MVP overall. This shouldn't be a shock to anyone. What might be a shock is exactly what he did during the third quarter of the season. I think I've had several games where the Magic won or the Magic did their thing. And I would look at the box score and say, just another solid Nikola Vucevic game. Didn't do anything spectacular. It was just there when you needed him. And it sometimes feels like we take that for granted. We probably do take that for granted. But his third quarter of the season was something truly special. It was, again, what clinched his all star berth, a very deserved all star berth, as he raised his game up as the Magic improved. Nikola Vucevic in the third quarter of the season averaged 21.5 points per game, 12.2 rebounds per game, 4.3 assists per game. He shot 51.8% from the floor and 39.3% from beyond the arc. He continued to provide solid defense. And just did whatever the Magic needed him to do. Again, the offense running through him. He passed it when a man was open. He shot it when he was open. He attacked when, he, when the lane was open. What has been so stunning and so impressive about Vucevic all year is just how consistent he is. And how his baseline really does feel like it's 21-12-4. And you're going to get that from him every single night. In fact, over the course of the third quarter of the season, game 42 to game, whatever last week's game was, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting. 42 to 62. Nikola Vucevic did not score fewer than 15 points. In fact, the 12 points that he scored against the Golden State Warriors was the lowest that he scored in any game this year in a very, very long time. Again, you can always count on him for whatever is needed that night. If anything, you want Vooch to demand the ball more and be more demonstrative so you can appreciate and know these things about him and, 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 and feel when he has it rolling. And I do think that's something that he still needs to do. But the third quarter of the season saw a lot of guys go up and down. As as well as I thought Evan Fournier played, his shooting percentage is still not where it needs to be. Terrence Ross can go hot or cold. Aaron Gordon can go hot or cold. I mean, really, this season has come down to two players providing the same thing every day and having enough weapons to fill in whatever you need that night. It's hard for the Magic to win when DJ Augustin and Nikola Vucevic are struggling. And right now, the Magic are finding just how valuable Vucevic's consistency and efficiency are. Because they turn to him when they need him the most. They turn to him, they turn to those players when they are stuck in the mud. The Magic aren't stuck in the mud as much anymore. And yet Vucevic continues to produce at the same consistent level. So reliable, so dependable, so darn good. And so for a team that does seem to go up and down, or a lot of their players seem to go up and down, that consistency, that thing that the Magic can rely on every night, is so extremely valuable, especially when it's at the level that Vucevic is producing at. That, to me, is part of the definition of an all-star. There is no doubt Nikola Vucevic was an all-star this year. And he continues to prove that as this playoff race thickens because he is continuing to raise his game since the third quarter of the season ended. He wants this bad. A lot of his teammates do too, I think. And even in a game like Tuesday against the Knicks or Sunday against the Cavs, he produced... Those same dependable numbers that at least gave the Magic a chance to win. And Right now, as long as Nikola Nikola Vucevic is in the game, the Magic have a chance to win. And that's why he's the MVP of the third quarter of the season.
0: This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: But it's time to look forward. We are in the sprint to the finish. 17 games remain for the Orlando Magic, and it does not feel like it's that many, and they are going to come quick. Orlando finds themselves tied with the Hornets and Heat now for the 8th seed in the Eastern Conference. Again, Magic ahead on percentage points with the Heat and Hornets having two games in hand. They find themselves within range of catching the Brooklyn Nets at 7 and, yeah, probably even the Detroit Pistons at 6. There is still a lot to play for and a lot of questions for the Magic to answer if they're going to achieve even the baseline goal. And, of course, that first question... It's whether the Magic can bring a consistent effort every night. This has been the biggest problem for the Magic since the third quarter of the season ended and since the All-Star break, really. Orlando is 3-3 three and three since the All-Star break. They've beaten the Raptors. They've beaten the Warriors. They've beaten the Pacers. Those are three very nice wins. Their three losses have been rough against Chicago right after the All-Star break, which... A bone-handed mistake by by Aaron Gordon, which he admitted to, cost them that game. So the Magic should have won that, but first game after the All-Star break, you can excuse. But then they lost to the Knicks after scoring only 13 points in the fourth quarter. Then they lost to the Cavs on Sunday, giving up 40 points to one of the worst offenses in the league in the fourth quarter. All three of those games, the Magic didn't come out sharp and focused. And they got beat because of it, their margin for error is still small. If they don't come out sharp, they can get beat by anybody. And yes, that the Knicks, the Cavs, and the Bulls all afforded the Magic some room for error. They didn't need to be sharp all the time to, to have a chance to win. But to win the way they know how, they need to be sharp. And what's what's frustrating and puzzling about it is the Magic made the same mistakes over and over again. The Magic made the same mistake against Chicago that they did against New York that they did against Cleveland. Whether it's underestimating their opponent, whether it's not having the focus knowing that they can sharpen up when they need to. It wasn't an effective outing for Orlando. It wasn't the approach that they need. And so at the end of the day, what matters most now is bringing that right approach. Is bringing that focus that they will need if they want to be successful, if they want to take that next step. And that's really what's at stake here. As if the Magic don't bring a consistent effort, if they don't bring the effort they bring against the Warriors to the Cavs, the Cavs can beat them. They will face a lot of teams like the Cavs. In fact, they get the Cavs one more time next Thursday. They'll get the Knicks one more time. They still got two games against Memphis, a game against New Orleans, who's playing actually pretty good considering they're down Anthony Davis. Kind of, sort of. They've got Memphis twice. they got Dallas one more time. Orlando has a quote-unquote easy schedule, filled with a lot of these teams. And they've already lost three opportunities to get those wins. Three wins for the Magic right now would have them well ahead of Charlotte and Miami, sitting in seventh place, and breathing down Detroit's neck for sixth. Those are missed opportunities that they cannot get back. And so now the Magic have to make sure they don't squander the next one. And that's by bringing a consistent effort every night. And Sort of on that same point then, the next question I have is how do the Magic handle the pressure of the playoff chase? I think it is fair to say that part of learning how to win at this stage, and I do think some of what we're seeing with the Magic in these games is growing pains because we saw the Magic in the T-Mac era suffer the same kind of issues. I remember a lot of the discussion during the T-Mac era was about how that Magic team played up and down to their competition. They would beat a really good team behind Tracy McGrady because he's, you know, a Hall of Famer. Uh, And then they would lose to a really bad team, despite Tracy McGrady, you know, doing Tracy McGrady things and being a Hall of Famer. Young teams hovering around 500 make this mistake. They don't know any better. And so I, I, I'm not wholly concerned. I think it's still something they can figure out and something they need to learn. But certainly I think something that, that is an issue here for the Magic is that against teams like Toronto, Gold, uh, Golden State, and Indiana, you really could feel like Orlando could play free. Like they were playing with house money. It, it, I mean, if the Magic were 3-3 three and three and had beaten New York, Cleveland, and Chicago and lost to Golden State... Uh, Indiana, and Toronto, I don't think anyone would be batting an eye. I think everyone would say, okay, the Magic are treading water, they're doing what they have to do, they're they're staying in the race. But because they lost to those teams, I think fans are a little panicked, or a little little frustrated, and rightfully so. I mean, again, perception is everything in how you analyze some of these things. But I do think there is something to this. Against Golden State, you're playing with house money. You can play free and loose against Cleveland you're now all of a sudden expected to win and in many cases expected to win big. And so when you don't do that when you don't deliver on that obviously frustration sets in. I think that there is a little bit of playoff pressure getting to some of the getting to to the team a little bit. Feeling that okay, we have to win this game is causing them to press a little bit. And so while I think they handled late-game pressure very well against uh, Indiana, they didn't handle it so well against New York. They didn't handle it so well against Cleveland. And so I think Orlando has to learn how to play as the favorite when other teams are gunning for you. Now, Orlando's not a top-tier team, but you know, I think a lot of teams feel that, oh, Orlando's a playoff team that we can pick off. We can beat these guys. And so Orlando's getting some good shots from teams. New York gave him a great shot. Chicago gave him a great shot. Cleveland was pretty solid all night. Orlando has to learn how to play as the favorite and deal with that pressure that they're expected to win all of a sudden. That they're expected to take care of business. And, and that's something that every pro athlete should be able to do. But it does take learning. There are hiccups along the way, as, as there is with everything. You make mistakes. But unfortunately, right now, mistakes are magnified. Mistakes are only growing. And so, results are what matters. And the Magic have to find a way to get results at this point. My next question is whether Jonathan Isaac can sustain his improvement. Jonathan Isaac has obviously turned things around since January 31st. He's averaging 13.1 points per game, 6.3 rebounds per game, and 2.1 blocks per game. All while shooting 47.9% from the floor and 36.5% from beyond the arc. Well above his season average and his career average, obviously. Isaac is, honestly, the Magic have made this major turnaround because of Isaac. Having Isaac be able to step his game up like this has given the Magic another weapon where all five guys on the floor in the starting lineup can score. Magic didn't always have that. Isaac was still the guy you could leave open. I think defenses are still going to largely leave Isaac open and dare him to beat them off the dribble or as a shooter. It's what they should do. But Isaac made them pay in the third quarter of the season and since January 31st, especially when the Magic got on this win streak. Uh, and, And he has to continue to make them pay. I think there are some a lot of fun and interesting questions about what Isaac can do to improve this summer. I think this is really his first summer. Um, he obviously got a lot better last summer as we saw at Summer League, but I think that he can, he can take another kind of freshman-sophomore leap this summer as well. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see if what he, what he comes back as, uh, whether he's a little bit more adept off the dribble, whether he's a little bit more confident offensively. His defense is already at an extremely high level. But for the Magic to succeed, for the Magic to continue making this playoff push, they will need Jonathan Isaac playing exactly how he's been playing. They will need him to continue this tear. And of course, it's no guarantee that he can do that. Sustaining this kind of improvement is tough. It's not easy. But Isaac's shown himself more than capable of doing it and the Magic are relying on him pretty heavily to do so. My final question is about Nikola Vucevic. Can he continue to develop as a star? And I think this is a really big question. He's proven himself an all-star statistically. He's done all those things, and he's, he's carried the team in a lot of ways. But I think the big question for me is, is one sort of a leadership. I think Vucevic is a good leader, but he's not the most demonstrative guy in the world. He has a quiet kind of dry humor. He's dry humor about everything, but he's kind of a quiet... Um, guy he leads by example. But there is going to come a moment in this playoff race, and certainly in the playoffs themselves, when the Magic are going to need him to carry them. They're not going to have it that night, or they're not going to have it down the stretch, and they're going to need easy buckets to loosen things up and get them going. And, And Vucevic is a guy they should trust to make the right play, whether it's a pass or a shot. His clutch record, of course, isn't fantastic, but he is more than capable of delivering. And I think in fourth quarters, I want to see him demand the ball more. If the team is struggling, if he's picking up on that, he needs to go to DJ and say, get me the ball in the post. I'm going to score. And that's going to make everyone relax. Against the Knicks, like I've said numerous times now, and I would even argue against the Cavs, if the Magic would have just gotten one big shot at the right moment, I think everyone would have exhaled and they would have been fine. I really think those games turned on two or three possessions, as, as a lot of games do. But I think that game, those games, certainly turned on one or two possessions—a missed shot here or there. Nikola Vucevic needs to be taking those shots when things seem to be going sideways and collapsing and falling apart. Nikola Vucevic needs to make sure he gets the ball, and I think this is going to be vital for him for the team as down the stretch as much as it will be when they make the playoffs. And I did say when there. That wasn't a Freudian slip or anything. Vucevic needs to become the star that we know he is. And if he can do that, the Magic will be in very, very good shape. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore OMD, And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including the latest on the Markel Fultz injury, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be back again tomorrow with a complete recap of the Orlando Magic's game against the Philadelphia 76ers. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team's every day.
0: a hey, Prime members.